Hello there. Welcome. Thanks for being here. Today we have another quick fire discussion on metrics for asset performance. Thanks again to Rohan, the Australian Account Director for the Asset Intensive Industry at Certus Digital for being here. How are you going, Rohan? I'm great, Paul. Thank you for asking. My pleasure. Great to have you here. Now, today's business challenge is what are the best metrics or measures for a company to have or look at or to use to increase their asset performance? I guess my first question, though, is what is the importance of metrics in this situation? I mean, uh, everything is measurable these days. And uh, uh, like you measure your performance uh, in your day-to-day life, uh, measuring the performance of your assets uh, in your day-to-day life is also important. Uh, so there have to be some metrics that are crucial uh, from a decision-making perspective. So they, they are extremely important. For example, you know, the asset utilization. How do you measure your asset utilization? How do you uh, measure your overall equipment Effectiveness, you know, how your equipments are performing, uh, you know, just the ideal scenario. What is the meantime uh, failure between your assets and what is your meantime failure uh, assets? Uh, so, those are some of those areas that are really important to capture in your business. Uh, you know, uh, looking at your what's your asset turnover? How, how's your asset turning over? Is it going through the life of its assets or what, what is stated? You bought an asset for let's say to last you twenty years. How long? How long is it lasting? Do you have to replace the assets in fifteen years? Uh, you know the maintenance cost of uh, the assets. You know, uh, you know energy efficiency. You know we talk about energy. Uh, you know how is your performing against your energy goals? You know is it uh, utilizing extra water? Is it utilizing extra energy? You know all of those metrics come into and at the end of the day, you know, you need to capture your return on assets. You know, uh, what is your asset returning uh, the profitability of that asset and the profitability of the product that you're making from that asset? So it's, it's very important. Sounds like it. What are some of the challenges then that are typically faced when people are in this situation when it comes to utilizing these metrics? Um, many challenges. I mean, uh, you, you know, uh, it's the performance evaluation, uh, you know, is, is quite a large challenge, uh, what we've seen in our industry. Uh, how do you evaluate the performance of that asset? Uh, you know, running the assets and getting what you want from that asset, is that sufficient enough? Or how is that asset performing against the matrices that you have uh, looked at uh, to be measured on? Uh, you know, goal setting and target tracking, you know, uh, like I said, you know, is your asset delivering to your goal? Is that your asset uh, delivering to your targets? You know, uh, performance optimizations, and you know, at the end, you know, you have to think through about your resource allocations. So then, what are some strategies that that organisations can use for maximising the potential of these metrics, um, particularly for st- sustainability? I think, uh, strategies that you can define, but in every organization, there are some four, five strategies that you need to define, you know. So you need to define relevant uh, sustainability, right? Uh, uh, what are you going to measure your organization against? Is it energy consumption? Uh, is it management? Uh, 
keep your environmental impact. So you need to define what that relevant metrics for then integrate those uh, metrics into decision making, right? It's one thing if you implement those strategies, but not use the outcome of that information into your decision making. So it's very important that you make that strategy integrate uh, or those metrics integrate with your decision making. Uh, set yourself some ambitious uh, sustainability plan. Uh, because unless until you set yourself those, uh, you know, aggressive uh, and ambitious plans, you don't take that uh, next step. So it's quite important. Uh, and like every uh, strategy, you need to have uh, continuous monitoring and a plan that's associated for continuous improvement. So unless until you monitor that against your defined matrices, against your decision making, and then monitor. And then, you know, uh, that how how good or how bad you're doing it against those metrics, uh, and then come back and do continuous So I'm somebody who likes to learn from others who have done these sort of things in, in the past. Have you got any sort of examples that we might be able to look at or, or a case study that might be able to show how this could work? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's, there's a ton of these case studies. Uh, a lot of organizations are, you know, quite... Uh, proactive about uh, you know having these strategies in place uh, i'm i'm quite fascinated by uh, one of the companies uh, that's a well known brand it's patagonia uh, in uh, you know outdoor clothing and uh, uh, you know camping gears and you know so on and so forth what they do is they've got uh, something called as footprint control which means that uh, when you buy their product uh, it gives you complete information about that product, how how that product was manufactured, or, or did they source the material from, what was the environmental impact of that, uh, what was uh, you know this uh, sustainability strategy, what was their supply chain like, and all of that put together gives you some sort of energy rating when you buy a wide good appliance and it gives you an energy rating of four or five, and and and. You know, looking at the case study, I, I feel uh, some of these white good companies also should, uh, you know, proactively start doing that rather than, you know, giving your energy rating information. It would be good to have, uh, you know, such a footprint chronicle where, uh, let's say, for example, a large white good manufacturing tells you where the material was sourced from, where the steel was sourced from, uh, where the parts were sourced from, and then keep a sort of a footprint rating on sustainability would be good. So I'm quite fascinated with uh, what uh, Patagonia is doing. I have to admit, camping is not something that I've done in a very, very long time, but Patagonia definitely as a brand has that that impact and, that, and people sort of know that brand for its environmental standards and, and how they go about creating things. It's a fantastic option. Do you know, you've seen people uh, wearing Patagonia, you walk into the store, uh, you, you you know, there's a downside to it. The gear costs cost you a bit more. Uh, and you always wondered why would it cost you $20, $30 more than a standard uh, you know, camping gear. Then when you start filling the layers and start looking at how how they're manufacturing their products and clothing, then they make good sense. Uh, you know, early days, uh, you know, when bringing more efficiencies, cost will start going, uh, going down. 
but uh, at least you can do your bit for the environment, I guess. Absolutely. That is a fantastic place for us to wrap up on. Getting all tongue-tied end of the day here. Uh, Rohan, thank you very much for joining us today. If people want to learn more, we'll put your contact details and Certus's contact details in the bio so they can track them down. They may ask you if you've got a discount at Patagonia that they can use. I don't know if you do. That's your choice if you want to share it with them. And if people out there want to listen to more of these short pods, they can download them now. There's a whole heap of them. Come and learn a whole bunch about what we do and how you can be helped out with these people. They will be absolutely glad to have a chat with you. Until next time, have a great day. Perfect.